If you are a single operator and you want to own a lot of single family properties or you want to own thousands of multifamily units, you need to have a strong team around you. So I would heavily invest in building that team. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about their pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E you're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with a multiple repeat guest, Danny Randazzo. Danny, how are you doing today? Theo, I am doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. I am excited to be back and hopefully add some value to the Best Ever listeners. Yes, and I think you'll be able to add value because we are going to talk about some of the challenges that Danny is facing during the current coronavirus pandemic. So for contact, everyone, we're recording this on the 29th of April. So before we get into that, a little bit about Danny's background. He's a managing partner at PassiveInvesting.com. He's the author of Wealth Lessons for Kids. He became a millionaire at age 29 and controls over $225 million in real estate. He is based in South Carolina, and you can say hi to him at PassiveInvesting.com. Great website URL, by the way. 
did you just find that right away? Or did you pay a little extra for that URL? We invested in that URL for an undisclosed sum of money, but it has been tremendously worth it when you think about the brand that you and Joe have really built around best ever. For us to have PassiveInvesting.com is a huge piece when we talk about what we do in the multifamily syndication space. Oh yeah, I bet. So before we get into some of the challenges that you're facing with the coronavirus, let's kind of catch up and you can tell the best of our listeners what you've been up to the past years. So maybe start and say, you know, how much you controlled a year ago and then how many deals you've done, any developments that you've done in the past year. And then I can ask some follow-up questions on that. Perfect. So over the past year, and I'll kind of add in these first four months or so into 2020. So between 2019 and today, we've acquired 120 plus million in multifamily assets across the Southeast U.S., If you go back and listen to my first episode of kind of how I got started, I want to say it was episode 961, but Theo, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong there. It's been an incredible journey. Over the past year, it's really been the opportunity to work on the business instead of in the business, if you will. So a couple of high level and strategic decisions that we made back leading into the beginning of 2019 was to solely focus on multifamily and really tighten in on our scope and hone in on our specific property types and property locations. So what that allowed us to do was be looking for really, really good deals in very specific market and investment criteria in order for us to best serve our investors with great investment opportunities. And having that very specific focus and strict investment criteria has really allowed us to be successful and has carried us through that 2019 period into today, where we really focus on buying assets that are 150 units or greater, built 1990 or newer in excellent markets like Charlotte and Raleigh, North Carolina, and Greenville, South Carolina, that are priced between 30 and $60 million. So having that focus has allowed us to acquire about 120 million in multifamily over the last year. And we're slated to continue that growth in 2020. And as we continue through to finishing the year. Perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So let's transition into talking about COVID. So one thing that I'm curious about, so you do have a business partner and I know a lot of people, when they talk about finding business partners that complement each other, I was wondering, so during a time like this, how are you and your business partner deciding what's the best line of action? Like maybe tell us what these conversations are like. Does one person have more control over certain aspects of the business right now, or are you both coming to these decisions together? I'm just wondering what that communication is like. Yeah. In terms of the business itself, we have a full team of people at PassiveInvesting.com. So You have myself and two other managing partners, Dan Hanford and Brandon Abbott. 
And then we have a director of design. That's my wife, Caitlin, who helps with our value add projects. We have Brian, who is the director of asset management, and he brings many, many years of experience. He worked with AIMCO overseeing over 175,000 units under management. So he brings a ton of experience to our asset management team. And then we've got Melissa, who is our director of marketing, and Anne, who's our director of investor relations. So one thing that I always hone in on is the value of a team. Investing in large multifamily properties to have a successful business that buys hundreds of millions of dollars of properties, you need to have a strong team around you. So it's just not two of us. It's not three of us. It's a whole team of people. But we, again, spent time investing and working on the business over the year of 2019 and even into today where we are allocating roles and responsibilities so we're not falling behind and we're always being proactive in, number one, managing our current portfolio and making sure investors are very well informed and up to date as of the current happenings in the economy and just in the country in general with the COVID pandemic. So one thing that was really important to us as a group was making sure transparency and information is always shared with anyone who invests alongside of us in these projects. And putting your money to work is a huge commitment. And then if you have an operator or a general partner who may not be sharing or maybe giving quarterly updates or all of a sudden distributions are stopping because of the COVID pandemic and you don't know why, that would be a red flag to me. I'd be asking a lot of questions of that operator. So one thing that we always really strive to do is just over-communicate things. And I'm pleased to say that in the month of April, our portfolio collections averaged greater than 96% for April income. And we were able to pay out monthly distributions exactly as planned from our performance. So it really speaks to the quality of our management teams on site at each property, the quality of our resident base, just having very strict renting criteria in terms of qualifying a potential applicant, making sure that their income, their job history, and their credit score are solid to live there. And then number three, it's having a great property in a great location where you know people want to live and choose to live. So having that team absolutely made it such a smoother process going through the COVID scare. I could not imagine being a single shingle, single person operation at that time where number one, you're trying to manage the asset. Number two, you're trying to communicate with investors. Number three, maybe you're doing some marketing to keep your sales funnel or business funnel going. That would just be very overwhelming in a time like COVID. So to really highlight what we've done, Theo, we've had a great team in place and we've been building that team over the years to get to where we are today. And I think one tip for the best ever listeners, if you are a single operator and you want to own a lot of single family properties or you want to own 
thousands of multifamily units, you need to have a strong team around you. So I would heavily invest in building that team. Thanks for sharing that. So let's transition into something else. So how have your underwriting standards and your due diligence process changed on the deals that you are looking at, that you are doing over the past few months? Because obviously you, you did $120 million in acquisitions over the past year, three or four months, year and a half. So obviously you're still doing deals. So I'm just curious of what changes you've made to your underwriting process, to your due diligence process during this time of you don't really know what rents are going to be a month or two months or three months from now. Yeah. Two huge things that stand out to me. Number one, from an underwriting perspective, is your debt service assumptions. So currently, what has happened since the middle of March through today, the volume of lenders in the marketplace lending on multifamily properties like our size that we look at, 150 units plus, the volume of lenders has drastically been reduced. A lot of CMBS, private lenders, bridge lenders, life companies have hit the pause button in their business. These lenders don't just lend on multifamily assets, but they also lend on hotel projects, retail shopping centers, restaurants, other things like that. So I would imagine they hit pause in their business to see how their collections would be in terms of servicing their current debt on their balance sheet without needing to give out more loans and increase that debt and increase that volume of servicing. So the debt underwriting assumption is a huge thing right now. It is a challenging time in the multifamily space to do value-add deals with bridge or private lenders. So one thing I would just encourage the best of our listeners to be is very cautious on what type of debt is feasible today. And hopefully over the coming weeks and months, the lenders will stabilize. We are seeing some good indications that people will be getting back into the business, kind of unpausing now that COVID has kind of settled in and the hysteria has died down a little bit. So hopefully some of these lenders come back into the game and force the agency lenders, Freddie and Fannie, to be a little bit more competitive. Over March and April of 2020, Fannie and Freddie increased their spreads and rates because they were really the only lenders doing business And there was a huge demand from buyers looking for new deals or buyers looking to refi existing properties. So the rates went up. We are seeing good signs that rates will stabilize. But if you are looking at an 80% occupied property that requires a couple million dollars in CapEx renovations, I would be very inquisitive about what type of debt you're going to get. Is a bridge loan feasible? What sort of commitment can that lender give you? So that would be a huge thing for underwriting is get your debt right because the debt will kill the deal before closing potentially, or it'll kill the deal after closing if the debt is not right. Number two, it's really that stabilization time period that we've updated in our underwriting. So even if we have a very strong property with very strong occupancy fundamentals and 
job growth and population growth projected, we've done some minor adjustments to our underwriting to be even more conservative with the impacts of COVID. People may not move around as much potentially, so that could impact occupancy. People could be moving back in with relatives, giving their apartment up for a couple of months if they're laid off or furloughed. So those are just some considerations. And our investment philosophy is to always be conservative when we're underwriting a deal. So if we can increase the vacancy rate in which we are expecting the property to be at, it gives us a lot of comfort and cushion in the investment business plan to ensure that we can maintain the occupancy at the property and be able to run and stabilize the asset given we don't really know what's going to happen with COVID over the coming months. Maybe just quickly give us an example of what you mean by changing vacancy. So what have you typically been underwriting and what are you underwriting as vacancy now? I know it's going to be very market specific. So if you can just give us a ballpark. Yeah. In terms of a ballpark, let's say if you were historically underwriting deals at 93% occupancy when you close and maintain, and let's just say the property has on average maintained a 94, 95% occupancy rate over the last few years, I would adjust and look at the occupancy with maybe a 7% drop. So maybe you're looking at 85, 86% occupancy at the property just to give you a level of comfort. And maybe you underwrite that to only remain for the next six or 12 months. And then we can kind of comfortably say in six or 12 months, the market should be back to normal. So we'll then assume a 93% occupancy once we stabilize. Thanks for sharing that. Obviously you're director of marketing. So you guys are still actively looking for deals. Over the past, say three months or so, Have you seen more owners wanting to sell, less wanting to sell, or is it kind of just been the exact same? I would say over the last two months, really when COVID broke in early March, the deal volume has kind of slowed down where sellers may not be able to sell if they have huge prepayment penalties with their in-place debt. Number two, buyers may not be able to buy because the interest rates have gone up, the volume of lenders has gone down. And a lot of investors, even if you think about it, whether you invest with friends and family and private investor money, or if you go with private equity or institutional equity, a lot of those people have kind of just said, we're going to pause, we're going to see what happens over the next 60 to 90 days in the marketplace before we make an investment decision. And while that makes sense in theory, I think there's still good deals to be done. We're in the process of closing an active acquisition right now, which has been fun learning process for us going through due diligence with COVID. But I think there's still really sound investment opportunities out there. And the biggest scare to me is just having money in the stock market when it goes up and down by 20 or 30% in a day, which I think would give people a lot of heartburn potentially. Okay. And then what about from your investor relations standpoint or whoever's responsible for finding new investors? Are you finding more people interested in investing in apartments? 
or less or the same? Yeah, as the stock market continues on this roller coaster and really scares a lot of people, we're seeing a reasonable increase in investor interest. And a lot of people are looking for stable investments that number one, are a secure place to store your equity, where it's not going to go anywhere overnight. You're investing in a physical, real asset. It's not a fictitious piece of paper or an internet technology-based thing. This is a real asset. You can go there. You can see it. It's not going to go anywhere. Number two, it's investing in multifamily for the cash flow. So having great cash flow producing assets, I always think about the Benjamin Graham, the mentor and coach to Warren Buffett, educating about compound interest. So if you have money sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything, you're really technically losing money because you have the opportunity cost to invest that money. While it may be at a good rate of return, that would be an opportunity cost to sitting on the sidelines. So if you sit on the sidelines for one year where your money is not compounding, it really ruins the future value of that equity when you think about what it will be valued at in 30 years if it compounded at 6 or 7% interest year over year. And so having money and having a safe place to put it like multifamily is one reason why I invest. Of course, monthly cash flow is great. And the tax advantages that come with multifamily as opposed to really zero tax advantages coming from active investing or from the stock market, it's just another plus that kind of is a good indicator for my family and my personal wealth to be invested in these assets. Perfect. And then last question, I guess more on a personal note. So what types of things are you doing to make sure you stay sane, stay emotionally grounded during this COVID time? Because I mean, it's pretty crazy out there. I'm just curious, <laughs> is it, do you have like a ritual you do every night before you go to bed? Or what types of things are you doing just to kind of relax? I love to read. When I was growing up through high school, I was never a big fan of reading stories or the required school books. But in high school, I stumbled upon Rich Dad, Poor Dad and other investing books and real estate books. And I love to read those books. And so I stay pretty in tuned and mentally sharp by just reading more. So I've got four books that I'm working on right now simultaneously. One is a shorter story that is less than 100 pages and I am about halfway through it. I've got another longer book. It's the story of Jim Clayton, First a Dream. It's an excellent kind of autobiography story about his Clayton Homes, the mobile home manufacturing company, but they are so much more than that. And I'm loving that book right now. I'm almost finished with it. And then I've got two other books that are on my nightstand. So that's what I enjoy to do. It keeps me sharp, keeps me sane, and gives me great ideas for us to implement at PassiveInvesting.com. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that, Danny. And thanks for joining us today again and sharing some of the challenges, but things you're going through right now with COVID and some of the changes you're making to your business. We talked about your underwriting changes, talking about marketing and more investors coming in. Overall, really solid advice. 
As Danny mentioned, he's been on the podcast before. He hit the nail on the head with his episode, his first episode number. It was 961. So if you go to joefairless.com and go in the search function, you type in Danny Randazzo. He's got his own full page of content on our website from all the interviews he's done. So make sure you definitely check that out so you can learn more about how he's gotten to where he is today. And then you can learn more about him and his business at PassiveInvesting.com. So Danny, thanks for joining us today. Best of your listeners, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Theo. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com, and there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.